I'm Dr. Michael Detola. And I'm Megan Strong. Stop lecturing that 65-year-old male about flossing. It's not going to happen. You're watching Chairside Live. Welcome to episode 15 of Chairside Live. Megan, how are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm doing very good, thank you. We've got a great episode for you again this week, and we're going to take a look at an interesting case of the week a little bit later where a doctor preps a five-unit bridge and uh, wants a PFM bridge done, but we don't have quite enough room for that, so we're probably going to have to switch it to a Bruxer bridge, but there's still some other issues. So we'll take a look at this case, the impression and the models, and see if we could have helped the dentist maybe get a better result. But before we do that, let's go to a segment that we like to call Viewer Mail. This week's letter comes all the way from Massachusetts from Dr. Cullen, and he writes, Dr. Detola, I find the clinical tips and chairside live very helpful. The recent update on Bruxer crown cementation and phosphates was terrific. Thank you for all your efforts. Please give Megan a pat on the shoulder to job well done. Well, thank you very much. And uh, thank you, Dr. Colin, for taking the time to write in. If you haven't seen that Bruxer cementation and bonding update, it's available on our website on bruxer.com. And it basically talks about the best way to cement and bond Bruxer crowns into place because all zirconia-based crowns do get contaminated when tried in the mouth. So if you had any problems with those restorations coming off, I think you'll find this very helpful. All right, let's go ahead and go to Megan in the news. A Georgia man lost more than his cool after a fight with his roommate. He lost his teeth. Police say that the 49-year-old reported that his 28-year-old roommate grabbed his dentures from the table and threw them out the door in a fit of rage following an argument. He told the police that he fears a dog ate his false teeth. Police say the teeth are valued at $300. Wow, I, th there's so many things about this story that I find just stunning. And stay classy, Georgia. Congratulations. Uh, 49 year olds and 28 year olds living, living together, together is a little weird. 49 year old is a little early to have dentures, at least here in California. Um, and then for them to get in a fight, it doesn't say if the 28 year old took it out of his mouth. No, he said that he grabbed them from the table. So that's my question. Why are you arguing without your teeth? Why are your teeth on the table, first right, of all? Right, right. And why, yeah, exactly. Why, I understand that maybe you really only wear them when you go out or you go out to dinner or on a hot date, because I'm sure both these guys have active dating lives. Sure. But it would seem like still just even around the house, if you're talking or arguing with your roommate, would you have your teeth in? And then just to wonder whether or not a dog took it or not is pretty random as well. So th this is one of those stories that uh, I don't know if it had a happy ending, an unhappy ending. I'm just glad I wasn't there. Anything else? Yes. They say you can find almost anything on the Internet nowadays. And you just might agree after hearing this next story. If you're in the market to buy some human teeth or hair, you should check out Etsy.com. The e-commerce site, which encourages people to buy and sell handcrafted or vintage merchandise, recently posted an alert on their blog informing the public of an update to their prohibited items list. In an effort to maintain a safe atmosphere for both shoppers and sellers, Etsy is outlawing smokable products, human remains, and body parts, among many other things, from being sold in their online marketplace. However, human teeth and human hair are still on the market. That's really weird. I, I can't uh, imagine wanting to buy uh, human teeth uh, on a website, although I did just have a patient tell me that she doesn't have any 12-year molars, mm -hmm. and it would really make a young girl's dream come true. She's 20, if I could get a hold of some 12-year uh, some molars and present them. I've seen people before 
Uh, I saw a woman before in dental school buy uh, some extracted teeth, or actually just get some extracted teeth mm -hmm. from an oral surgeon, cut them in half with a thin bandsaw, two little bicuspids, and made earrings out of them. They were absolutely, absolutely gorgeous. Stunningly gorgeous, if you have an appreciation for dental anatomy. Mm -hmm. Creepy a little bit to have a body part on your ear, but they were absolutely gorgeous. So I could see, or maybe it was somebody's famous's you know, tooth. I understand that. And I, you know, I've purchased many things from Etsy. I actually bought my vintage handmade uh, invitations for my wedding on Etsy, but I, I, so I don't really expect this from them. I didn't expect teeth and hair to be sold. It's an interesting place to draw the line. You know, a right. liver and a spleen would just be too much. But teeth, uh, an eyeball hair, over the edge. It. Yeah, but, but a central incisor from a, a recently deceased celebrity is uh, apparently okay. All right, thank you, Megan. Now let's go to the case of the week. On this week's case of the week, we've got a doctor who has requested a bridge from number 17 to 21 with uh, three abutments, 17, 20, and 21, and two Ponics, 18 and 19. And you'll notice there's no product uh, mentioned here. And so that defaults to a PFM bridge uh, on the way our lab slips work. So if, you, if a doctor were just to write down uh, crown number three and write nothing else, it's just kind of assumed uh, that they want a PFM. It's not quite assumed. It actually says it over here on the last slip, lab slip, it has a check mark for it, but the doctor uh, appears to want a PFM bridge here. It's a five unit bridge. And so let's go ahead and take a look at the case. The first thing you'll notice is that um, it's a double arch tray that was used and it was a plastic one. It's, it's kind of hard to rag on uh, the plastic one here as being the main offense uh, because of the fact that uh, we're just not big fans. We followed Gordon Christensen's recommendation, which is that you should never use um, a quadrant double arch tray like this for anything bigger than two single units next to each other. You know, we could talk about how much these plastic trays have a tendency to distort if you don't use a super stiff material on the inside. But it's really just the length, the span of this bridge, where even if the bite is perfect on here, it's going to be very difficult for us to do any excursions and the bite sometimes is difficult on these bridges as well and it's just not as stable as if this was taken in a metal full arch tray that would certainly be our recommendation and, and i don't know there's just times there's times where i cut the doctor slack because i wasn't there and it might have been a hard prep but it just seems like in a case of something like this i get a little more hard-edged about it and say you know what you really got to do this in a metal full arch tray to give us the best chance of getting uh, a good result. So let's go ahead and take a look at what we poured up when we had the opportunity to pour this up and see what we can see. And as we zoom in here just a little bit, I can actually still see a little bit of occlusal anatomy, a little bit of the pits on the bicuspids as we look at this. And we can see this wisdom teeth. These are always problematic trying to get those to draw. So as I turn the wisdom tooth so that I can see down that line of draw, you can see now that we've got the distal of both bicuspids uh, in an undercut. And then as I rotate this to try to be able to see the distal of those bicuspids, now the mesial of uh, tooth number 17, we've got an undercut there. And it's very difficult on these wisdom teeth. It's, it's a really common thing to have happen. And you end up almost knowing going into these that you're really going to have to over taper this mesial wall if you're going to use that wisdom tooth um, as an abutment. But as we look at it, you know, it's interesting because it shows pretty good hand control. If you look at the preparation and what's going on here and the smoothness of the burr marks, things actually look uh, pretty nice around there and it's not a 
uh, super subgingival margin uh, placement. So it's actually pretty decent. We might have had a couple abfraction lesions right there on the facial of the two bicuspids. But we can see that we're probably under-reduced on the occlusal, and we're definitely under-reduced on the mesial uh, of that wisdom tooth if, in fact, we want this bridge to draw. So let's take a look at the mounted models on the articulator. I'm going to raise the pin because um, I want to see if we can see something that we often see here when we are doing a larger case like this uh, on a quadrant impression tray. Is really all we have contacting here? You know, we've got a bridge going from this wisdom tooth all the way to the first by. And so the only thing contacting here are these anterior teeth. And often, you know, when it's mounted like this, all you have to do is squeeze it. And you can see, you can see the shift right over there as it goes into place, as it closes. And then as I squeeze it, you can see the upper model shift over because there's no solid contact because we have no posterior teeth hitting here. If, in fact, this impression went all the way to the other side, not only would we have a better vertical stop, but we would have some we would have some intercuspation on that side of unprepared teeth that would keep that from sliding around. And that's part of what makes this such a difficult bridge to be able to make. Beyond that, remember when we looked at the occlusal surface of the bicuspids, it looked like there was still some anatomy. And you can see as we zoom in, in here that there's really not a lot uh, of occlusal reduction that was done and we're very, very short on space. And the same holds true uh, for, for this molar as well. And we can look at it from the lingual and see the same thing that we're short on space as we zoom in there. And so this is problematic. We don't have enough room for a PFM bridge, obviously. So the next best, best choice would be uh, a Bruxer bridge. But when we scan it and look at it, we can see that we're even a little short on space there. So unfortunately for the dentist, but uh, I guess fortunately for the patient, they're, they're going to have to be uh, prepared again, have a little more taken off the occlusal surface of those bicuspids. At the same time, it'll give the doctor the opportunity to get rid of that undercut that's going to be on the mesial of the wisdom tooth. And I'm certainly going to add my two cents in and tell the doctor we stand a much better chance of getting a very functional bridge um, if we can take this impression the next time in a full arch metal tray. That about wraps it up for another edition of Chairside Live. Boy, it seems like we're just getting started. On behalf of myself, Megan, and everybody here at the laboratory, I want to thank you for your time and your continued commitment to quality dentistry. We'll see you next time. Closest I've been to Jamaica was my um, high school homecoming dance, Jamaican Me Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it was horrible. It's the worst theme ever. Is that real? Yeah. <laughs> Jamaican me crazy. <laughs> Everybody in Rasta colors, a lot of reggae music being played. Yeah.